pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. It is grand final week here on Radio Dub, FNR Football Nation Radio. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Pakua Frimpong alongside me as always. And we're delighted to be joined now by one of the stars of the premiership winning Sydney FC team. Left back Ali Green joins us now. They're looking to do the double on the weekend. How are you, Ali? Good, thanks. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. We are doing really well. We're very excited, we've got to say. Grand final week is always a, it's always a special time. You know, I'm also doubly happy, happy because, Josh, I did say Sydney FC were my pick to make the finals and win it all at the start of the year. So I'm just you I'm did, saying actually. I am a bit of a fortune teller. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, maybe I might do a few more predictions. Who knows? I, I'm, I think I'm still ahead in the, the finals game-to-game game predictions. Let it go. But, let it go. Okay, you don't, bragging's right. not good. <laughs> <laughs> rematch of last season's decider, Ali. Uh, it must be great to be able to have the opportunity to to go one better than uh, than last time out. The, it's the revenge game. <laughs> it is the revenge game. I can't believe it's it's happened this way again. But um, you know, Melbourne are you know they've even said it themselves. They're they're a great finals team, and they've they've pushed their way into that fourth spot at the brink of the end of the season. And, um, yeah, credit to them. They've done well in their, two, in their two semifinals to bring them to this grand final again. And um, we're super excited to have that chance to get revenge and hopefully, you know, put out a great performance as a team and um, lift the trophy at the end. But, yeah, just focusing on this last week of training for now. Heading into the finals, do you guys look back on the film from the like last year's grand final or are you just focused on this one and just maybe look at the games from this season uh, with victory yeah I mean I think victory obviously have a few different um, players in their team this year as to what they had last year and they work differently in ways uh, they've got some great players like individually like Alex Chidiak and those kind of players you kind of have to um, you know refocus as a group and make sure that you know, you're doing your job to shut down those quality players. and um, But I think, you know, last year we also, we've lost players like Theresa Plyer. So we have like a different game plan around this grand final too. And um, I think it was evident that we played really well against Victory now in, in our midweek game this season against them. Um, it was a pretty heavy week for us. And I think now we've got, you know, that little bit of rest as well. Hopefully we can put out an even better performance on Sunday. Speaking of Teresa, you the team is a lot younger than they were last season. It's a much younger group. Who's that like vocal leader of the more experienced players that you know hypes you guys up for the finals and even throughout the season as you go along? Yeah, I mean, obviously Nat Tobin has come in, um, taken a you know brilliant responsibility over from uh, Teresa Pelias as captain this year, and um, obviously she's our most experienced player. And the fact she's been at Sydney for about ten years now is crazy to think because she's still so young herself um so obviously natural leaders like that um and she's worn the band this season but uh, we've got experience you know right from the back from jada she's you know played a lot of a-league women's now um so she's very vocal always as a keeper should be um but yeah it leads up to the front i mean there's experience up there too even though we're young we've all had a few seasons under our belt now so yeah we're ready to fill in the gaps where we can Unbeaten in New South Wales this season. Uh, you've got the final on, on home turf. That must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, I didn't realise that, but it's true. Um, 
yeah, it's it's an exciting thing, I guess, having another home final. Um, we're pretty lucky in that way. Not many clubs or teams get to experience that, um, you know, consecutively over the last couple of years. So um, it's something we have to take in our, in our advantage and um, use it to the best of our ability by putting out a strong performance. And obviously we have, you know, our friends and family there um, to support us, but you can't ever take it for granted too much. Um, you know, we lost the grand final at the same um, grandstand last year. So we'll have to uh, do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> something, that's, something that's different about this year's grand final is obviously you guys get the week off and it's a new finals format. I want to just get your opinion on do you like the new finals format and also what do you do as a, as a player during that week off to, you know, kind of prep yourself because it is a new experience? Yeah, it has been a bit different um, in many ways, I guess. Uh, you know, obviously we're used to playing our semi-final and the following week be the grand final straight away. Um, but I think, you know, we actually had a really tough game against Melbourne City. We played 120 minutes against them, which really did feel like a grand final in itself. Um, so those games do take quite a bit to recover from. And I think, you know, we were still quite sore at the end of last week. Um, so I think it's been... Um, a good advantage that we've been able to have the week off. Um, definitely something that, you know, plays in your mind a bit as whether you want the momentum to go into the final uh, the following week or not. But um, we're just hoping that, you know, we've refreshed up enough that we can be ready to go again on Sunday. Take us through that semi-final then. 2-0 uh, down and the game was just flipped on its head. Uh, it was such a dramatic match. Uh, what stood out to you from that night? Yeah, it was like it was extremely disappointing that we went into halftime one nil down. I felt like you know, even though City were playing some really good football, we, um, you know, we still had good momentum and we had chances that we created that we just didn't put away. Um, and it's we went into halftime actually quite positive. I mean, we we felt that a goal was coming definitely, and um, but <laughs> going into the second half, we conceded again and it was two nil and it was it was a big roller coaster of emotions um, and then. You know, getting that one goal back really gave us some hope, um, and we still had time left on the clock. And um, it was <laughs> it was amazing that Rojas could um, convert that one right in the dying minutes. Um, but I felt like we deserved it, and you know, we had chances like Courtney Vine um, going in on goal before the card was given, and and things like that. So I think you know, fate kind of gave us that goal in the end. But um, yeah, we worked hard for it, and and we never gave up, and that just proved um, to to work in extra time as well when we scored those other two goals that we deservedly got to. Your front three gets a lot of the headlines because they score a lot of goals and they're quite prolific and especially in that midfield as well with Hawksby, you know, they combine really well. But that defence has been really solid all year and you've had different people come in and out and you've really bonded and, you know, been united no matter what the lineup is. What's the secret behind that, you know, really great defence that you guys have? I don't know. I, I think about it sometimes too. I just go, wow, I can't believe how, you know, amazing we've all worked together this year. Um, you know, take the likes of Charlie. Um, she's, you know, only played a few inconsistent seasons, not because she's not a good enough player, but she's always had, you know, such competition up against her in the midfield. She actually plays number 10 as a natural position. So for her to, you know, kick back out on the right back, just like she's, you know, never played it, but it's like, what the hell, Charlie? Like, you're a freak. <laughs> She's just come into her own strides. And it's the same with um, Charlotte McLean. She's, you know, hardly played a league for two seasons now, yet she's started every game that she's come into the team. So 
um, players like that. And then, of course, Nat Tobin, who's so versatile and she can play centre-back or a six or wherever you need her, really. So I think, you know, just being able to play those games consistently together for the past couple seasons has really um, helped us in our way this season too. Well, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that about Charlie because I think she made my team of the season at right back. So I had no idea she was a number 10 naturally. That goes to show just how comfortably she's she's slotted into that position. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell in the way with her feet, she's so good um, technically in tight spaces and um, that's certainly become because of her um, you know, tight ball control in the midfield that she's had for all those seasons growing up. But, um, yeah, I mean, our midfield's so competitive and, um, you know, Every single one that's in there now, starting or not starting, um, you know, they could fill any other A-League team. So it's it's quite bizarre that Charlie's ended up at right back. But Ante has obviously seen that she's good enough there and she's good enough there. So um, it's good to, for her to have that up her sleeve as well. In terms of, you know, there's been everyone's in the Sydney team has played really well and you guys are a great unit. But speak for your own season, how have you, like, looked at it and what have you learnt throughout the season about yourself and what have you think you've kind of improved on? Yeah, it's um it's kind of tricky sometimes and you know it's so great that you're at a club for the um for so many years like this is my fifth season with Sydney FC now. Um and sometimes it does get tricky because you know you're in a comfortable environment, you're um not always challenged as much as you probably could be if you were in a different environment with new players and a new coach. Um but Ante's always had belief in me and um I worked hard for the first couple seasons under him to secure a starting spot. Um so it was only kind of last season that I really secured that starting spot. I was always up against the likes of Matildas and internationals for those um fullback positions. So um I think it's really uh worked out well for me now I think you know fighting so hard for that spot for so long um, it means the world to me now that I can just get consistent games starting under Ante and um, and just working hard for the team it's a it's a difficult position and you don't get much accolade for it um, only when you get an assist or something like that so uh, you just gotta you know put your best performance in each week and see what comes of it. Well, you did manage to get yourself an assist in the semi-final, so uh, let us let us end. give you some accolades yes, now. Come on, <laughs> yeah. like got to respect the left back. We need some clapping, you know, in the background. That's what's <laughs> I'll see what I have on the stings. Don't board. worry, I wasn't asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of looking ahead after this season's over, do you have any plans for what you're going to do, or are you, you know, maybe staying in Australia or looking to go overseas? Yeah, um, I'm not sure yet. To be honest, I've you know, I've tried the last couple of years to get overseas and it's proven trickier than I thought. Um, obviously, I haven't had that national team experience yet, which it doesn't help on your resume to get into clubs. But I'm um, hoping that this, this year is different and now that, you know, COVID restrictions aren't as tight on clubs and travel overseas, um, we'll see. But otherwise, you know, I'm just going to have a bit of time off after A-League um, season. This season, I haven't really... I was, you know, training and working hard all throughout lockdown last year, so I haven't really had a proper break for probably a year now. Um, so that's the reality of women's football. We're going all year, but not really compensated for it. So um, we're just, yeah, I think I'll take a bit of time off and just catch up on myself. I'm pretty sore, pretty exhausted. Um, it's been a big couple of months, especially, you know, the back end of the season when we're travelling so much as well. Um, everyone thinks we're so lucky to have all the home games at the start of the season, but it 
you always know that it's going to bite you in the butt at the end of the season. So um, it has caught up on us and I'll just probably try and recover and refresh, to be honest. Uh, extend the season, Josh, I believe yeah. is the motto and uh, the hashtag that needs to continue going. Extend I'm all the season. for that hashtag. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I did want to ask you about, you know, the sacrifices that, uh, A-League women's players have to make, you know, you're not often not full-time uh, like your, your male counterparts. I mean, what, what are some examples that you can think of during the season of, of the links that you and your teammates have had to go to to actually get this season completed and make it out onto the park every week? Because a, a lot of you have, have day jobs. Yeah, a lot of us do. Um, and, you know, we're quite a young team still, so a lot of us are naturally still studying um, as, mm. you know, a lot of the younger players are. So... I think, you know, for the likes of like Nat Tobin, myself and definitely a few others that have full-time, part-time jobs, um, it really does prove quite challenging and um, your everyday male counterpart won't actually know what the, you know, the lengths that we go to to just put out the same, try and put out the same performance as they do each week. Um, and it's it's hard. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nat Tobin doesn't have any annual days leave uh, left and it's you know only April mm. you know and it's things like that that um, people don't understand that it's you know we we do what we can to get out these um, A-League seasons and you know provide our best performances for everyone to watch on but um, you know for the rest of the year it's a struggle and then we you know reconvene at the end of the year and it's um, you're just expected to do the same again but it's never um, like I said compensated so uh, it's a bit disappointing that we're still kind of um, in this same day and age of, mm. you know, it's nearly 2023 and we have a World Cup next year, but we're still trying to fight to work and study and um, play our best football. So it does get pretty exhausting and I think that's what takes a toll on a lot of us as well emotionally. But, um, you know, we love it and we've we've grown up doing it, so we don't really um, complain about it ever too much. Do you think that is the the first like big step is just extending the season or do you think there are other things that probably need to get done first before we extend the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously our biggest fight with extending the season is the financial, um, you know, reasons behind it. But I think just actually having more games will develop us as players. Um, I think that's the main argument there. It's we're not playing enough uh, to ultimately develop our national team or, um, you know, widen your horizons by being able to play in bigger clubs overseas as well. Um, We just don't develop as quickly as those European or American clubs do with their players. So um, it it definitely is, you know, a conversation we've been having for probably too long now and it either just needs to happen or not. There needs to be a plan um, for the next couple of years, I think especially again with the World Cup. I mean, it's such a major tournament and it doesn't come around very often in Australia. So I think, you know, there's obviously a massive team working behind it. But yeah, I'm hoping that a result like this comes out of it. I mean, mean, that's what we've been talking about, especially a few weeks ago when the Fiona Wirt story went around about her working at Maccas and all this. And, uh, you know, my thing was that there was a rebrand at the start of the season to call it the A-League as well which implies a level of parity that probably doesn't exist yet. So maybe the next step is to is to actually, you know, earn that title by uh, by treating the players a bit better. But first of all, we've got to celebrate the season and that's uh, in the form of the grand final this weekend. What's your uh, your prep, your superstitions the week leading up? Do you have a routine? Um, not too not too superstitious, I'd like to say, but um 
Yeah, I mean, just focusing again at training this week. Uh, we played an internal game last week to, you know, tick over the legs at the end of last week. But I think this week it's just the same old, treat it like any other game. That's what I like to do anyway. Um, and, of course, you know, study the team that we're going to be versing, which is victory again. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they pull up after a few tough games in their semifinals. But, um yeah, just, you know, it sounds cliche, but just focus on what we have to do and um, individually make myself, you know, as best as I can in my, in my body and um, just be ready for the, it'll be a big game. I already know it. And uh, so obviously, you know, the grand final, you can't get too far ahead, but surely there are some level of celebrations that are kind of, you know, in the back of your mind after, you know, the seat, after, if, you, if you, you know, hopefully win. It, can you allow yourself to even think about that for a second or is athletes you got to go, no, we've just got to focus on the game only? Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. Like, you do really want to celebrate, you know. Like, we've achieved so much already. We've broken records this year. We've, and, you know, we're all still a young team. We've got players that are still under 18 that can't even celebrate properly with us. <laughs> but they, um, you know, it's it's been a massive effort uh, for the last six months and, um, don't worry, we'll be celebrating no matter what. But, um, yeah, just, I guess, focusing on Sunday first. You can't really look past it. Um, it's not going to be an easy game in any regards and they're going to be out to go back to back again and we're going to be out for revenge. So, um, you know, just doing what we can to prep for it and, and then, you know, celebrate properly afterwards. Well, we haven't told you this yet, but our other guest on the show tonight is actually your direct opponent on the weekend in Leah Privatelli. So uh, I'm sure you were watching with interest in the in the derby. She had a very good game. She's an absolute menace to play against, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, she was, you know, a missing link when they versed us um, in the season as well. She she got subbed on later, I think. She had been injured and mm. on limited time. But, um, yeah, she's a she's an amazing player and she's really coming into her strides this this last um, bit of the season. So, yeah, she's had some good semi-final performances and I think obviously she links up so well with Melina Ayres as well, um, who's, you know, looking dangerous as ever, even though it's like a third game back, which just blows my mind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're f- the whole midfield, their front three, their back line, it's all good. Um, it's hard to break down and it's hard to stop. And we experienced that last year in the grand final, trust me. So um, we'll be looking to shut down and, yeah, say hello to Leah for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you're, you're a cracker on Twitter. You have some great like great, uh, great vibes on Twitter. Is, so, is media something that you are looking at potentially after, you know, later down the track in your career? Yeah, I mean, I think Twitter's, you know, it's my little playground. I love Twitter recently. It's, I just, you know, I'm able to, obviously we're, you know, in in the boundaries still. We're, we can't say too much if we're contracted players at the moment. But um, obviously I just like to, to let people know that, you know, there's still, we're still not at inequality for um, women's football. And I just like to remind people that this is the reality and this is what we have to deal with every day. We have to deal with games not being televised. We have to deal with last minute, you know, pitch changes that wouldn't happen in the men's and, um, you know, our, our semi-final not being broadcast, which still just makes me so angry because half my family couldn't even watch that day, you know, and it was such a cracking game. And it wasn't on telly and, you know, as again, I repeat over and over again, we have a World Cup next year and 
people are meant to be, you know, we're meant to ramp up the support and get people following our game. And if they can't see it, then how we, how do we expect that? So I think, you know, Twitter and media and it's all, it's all fun and games, but it's just um, my way of getting out the getting out the message to the people that care. She might be my new my new super, superhero. Josh might be on my new favorite A League women's player Ooh. after this interview. <laughs> I can't lie. I, I, every time she speaks, I'm like, you know what? I that's the same thing I mm. feel about football and you know growing up and seeing you know being a young girl, not really seeing that there are you know options avail like available to, to get into you know professional football and the fact that we're still here and we're not able to the game's not growing at the rate it should be it's quite disappointing and people like Ali you know speaking up about it does a, you know a really important thing well I think you and you and many people feel the same way but not everyone has the platform to talk about it so that's why I do it <laughs> well we love how vocal you are and we've loved your performances on the pitch this season as well at the very least the grand final yeah. will be on free to air tv so your whole family oh. be able to tune in and watch you <laughs> take on the Melbourne victory 405 p.m kickoff on Sunday Ali, best of luck in the title decider. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again sometime down the track. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.